Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hi, I'm Greg Corumbus. My guest at this time is New Jersey Republican Congressman Chris Smith. For decades now, he's been one of the leading pro-life voices in the House of Representatives. As pro-life activists take part in the 47th annual March for Life Friday, we want to get the congressman's thoughts on President Trump becoming the first sitting president to attend the march in person and where the abortion debate currently stands in this country. And, Congressman, thanks so much for being with us. Great. Thanks for inviting me on. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, first of all talk about the president's speech. Here's just a little bit of what he said today. But we know this. Every life brings love into this world. Every child brings joy to a family. Every person is worth protecting. And above all, we know that every human soul is divine and every human life, born and unborn, is made in the holy image of Almighty God. Uh, Congressman, what was the significance of the president's appearance today being the first sitting president to actually attend the march? It was incredibly powerful. His words have been matched by his deeds. Uh, I've been in Congress now for 40 years. I started when Ronald Reagan got elected, and Donald Trump is the most pro-life president we have ever had. Uh, his bureaucracy is filled with secretaries and other secretaries and, and people in the bureaucracy who are extraordinarily effective and pro-life, uh, like Azar, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Today, you know, began a an action against California for violating the conscience protections embedded in the law, including uh, the Weldon Amendment. And under Obama, we had eight years of absolute non-enforcement of of um, conscience protections. So people were being forced to participate, enable it, pay for it. Um, and as the president said in that beautiful clip he just played, uh, which went over very, very well with everyone at the march, um, life is so precious. It needs protection. And the weakest and the most vulnerable are unborn children. And the other co-victims, as we all know, are women who had abortions. And the movement is like the church. Uh, and church is. The faith community continues to reach out to them uh, with love and compassion. So I thought he really is mobilizing and galvanizing a lot of support for life. Oh, we're going to touch on both of the points that you made there. First of all, let's talk about his uh, characterization of where the Democrats are on this issue uh, nowadays. Uh, two different clips here. First of all, talking about national Democrats as well as Democrats in New York. Nearly every top Democrat in Congress now supports taxpayer-funded abortion all the way up until the moment of birth. Last year, lawmakers in New York cheered with delight upon the passage of legislation that would allow a baby to be ripped from the mother's womb right up until delivery. And he also mentioned uh, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, although not by name. The governor stated that he would execute a baby after birth. You remember that. Senate Democrats even blocked legislation that would give medical care to babies who survive attempted abortions. 
talking about the U.S. Senate there. Uh, Pro-choice activists pushing back on his characterization of what Governor Northam said, uh, since Governor Northam uh, was probably closer to saying that he just wouldn't do anything to help the baby live. Uh, I don't know how you would parse that necessarily. But... uh, Congressman, taxpayer funding of abortion was hardly ever a major debate uh, for most of the years since Roe. Most Democrats pretty much went along with the Hyde rule, banning taxpayer funding, even if they didn't necessarily agree with it. Uh, That all changed with Obamacare a decade ago. So how far left have Democrats drifted on this in just a few years? It's a great question, Greg. Uh, What happened, you know, when I got elected in 1980, there were 80 pro-life Democrats in the House. Today, there are two, two. Uh, and we've seen a systematic expulsion of pro-life Democrats from the Democratic Party, primarily through primaries. And, and as a result, the, the difference could be more stark and tragic. Um, even on public funding for abortion, you know, the Hyde Amendment, there was some very good empirical data that shows that well over 2 million people are alive today because Medicaid funding for abortion was not available because of the great Henry Hyde Amendment which has to be renewed each and every year. I did an amendment on the federal employee health benefits. That's 8 million people. That has saved lives as well. Every one of those amendments are now under attack uh, by the Democrats in the House as well as in the Senate. And, I, and again, uh, it's more tragic sadness that I feel towards them, uh, that, and many of them used to be pro-life. Many of the members who are here today, uh, Frank Pallone from my own state of New Jersey, when he was in the state Senate, was strongly pro-life. Now he's totally on the other side, uh, and there are many, many others in that camp. So uh, we've seen, unfortunately, the Democratic Party become the wholly owned subsidiary of Planned Parenthood. And when Obama was president, everything they did, domestic and international, uh, if there could be any touchstone to promoting, paying for, facilitating, even the violation of conscience rights to non-enforcement of our existing laws, supposed to, you know, enforce the law. Uh, they would not protect people's conscience of nurses, doctors, healthcare professionals of all kinds, and of course entities like Catholic hospitals, Christian hospitals, all being forced, especially in California, uh, to provide abortions as well as health plans, directly contradicted by by the, by the federal law. So, you know, my hope is that the Democratic Party do a reappraisal uh, and members in it and realize that. This is a human rights issue. Uh, you know, abortion is violence. It dismembers or chemically poisons the child to death. And as, as the president said, we now have it getting so extreme that members are openly and, and with applause from the so-called pro-choice movement uh, welcoming killing babies even after birth. Uh, I mean, I watched that clip from the governor uh, of, of Virginia uh, it was very clear uh, that he was willing to let that child die. And whether you throw the child into a waste bin or let him breathe out his glass, gasping for help, looking for help, um, you know, after being aborted, um, you know, it's a distinction without a difference. It is absolute gross neglect and negligence. And, and we see that. I, I did a speech in 2012 uh, on afterbirth abortion uh, when two ethicists said, we ought to wait weeks, months, even years after a child is born uh, because the same reasons why you would abort are applicable uh, to after, after birth. And they were so upfront about it, they called it afterbirth abortion. And we have other people like Princeton and elsewhere 
who say Francis Crick and James Watson. They're the ones who come up with got the Nobel Peace Prize uh, for not Nobel Prize for unraveling DNA. Uh, you know, way back, they say wait three days until after birth to convey personhood. So if the child happens to be disabled or just unwanted, uh, you can kill that baby. Uh, you know, birth is an event that happens in the life of a child. It's not the beginning of life. And I would argue, um, hopefully persuasively, that we need to, you know, ultrasound being the window to the womb uh, and the child that resides there. We should be willing to say, yes, it is a baby, and that child deserves it. We're talking with New Jersey Congressman Chris Smith and a couple of questions left in our time here, Congressman. Uh, there was a recent poll out showing a majority of Americans favor at least some restrictions on abortion. You can always find a poll showing that, uh, that to some extent, a majority of Americans want Roe v. Wade to, to stay on the books. But uh, they are usually in favor of some restrictions, whether it's parental consent or notification or uh, ultrasound, maybe. Uh, where do you think the public really is on this right now? Most people believe in a couple of exceptions, according to the polling, that really digs into it. Uh, I have, I'm the prime sponsor of the Main Capable Child Protection Act. We have 170 co-sponsors in the House. Uh, it is passed in the past, never got out of the Senate, uh, but huge majority support that. A majority of Americans are against public funding for abortion, um, uh, and that's been consistent for years. Conscience clause protection is very popular among American people, and yet we had eight years of non-enforcement uh, by the Obama administration. And I know for a fact, I met with the HHS secretary, joined by uh, Kevin McCarthy, who was then majority leader, and we were saying, you just got to enforce the law, and they wouldn't do it. And yet huge numbers of people are, are, are in favor of conscience protection. I mean, imagine that. You know, you're, you're told that we'd had many cases. I had press conferences with one nurse was told she had to participate uh, in a dismemberment abortion. And when she saw the terrible aftermath of that child being torn to pieces, she had real psychological problems from it. Either that or lose her job, and she said, I chose poorly. Um, but I was coerced to do it under condition of losing my job. We had the same thing in New Jersey with nurses who were told they had to participate or else lose their job. I got very involved with that one. Uh, and at the end of the day, uh, their conscious protections were, were favorably asserted. Uh, it, it, you know, it's very disturbing that the the Democrats in the House and the Senate and, and the pro-abortion movement wants us all to be coerced into acceptance. Uh, and, you, you, you know, just look at medicine. A whole bunch of OBGYN wannabes won't go into that if they're told as a condition, a precondition, they have to be doing abortions as well. And, uh, and we've had that fight here in the House of Representatives uh, under the Clinton administration. So... Um, you know, we want the baby to be protected as risk as possible, and equally their mothers. Uh, my wife and I know many women who are post-abortive. Uh, they work with groups like the Silent No More campaign. All women who have had abortions, uh, our view and the view of the churches and the faith community, love them, help them, assist them. The other side says, you know, you exercise your right. There really is no right to kill a baby. Well, you brought up an important point, and the president touched on this today as well, because one of the yes. common complaints uh, from the pro-choice side is, well, the pro-life side, they love uh, babies until they're born, and then they don't care. Here's what the president had to say about that. You stand for life each and every day, 
You provide housing, education, jobs, and medical care to the women that you serve. You find loving families for children in need of a forever home. You host baby showers for expecting moms. You make — you just make it your life's mission to help spread God's grace. So, Congressman, what do you say to those who say that the pro-life community only cares up to the point of birth? Well, frankly, it's worse than a myth. It is a pernicious lie that has been used for decades. I've been in the pro-life movement. I got involved in 1972. Uh, you know, I work on all of those issues and, and then some. I've written all of the major trafficking law of the United States of America and the world for the Trafficking Victims Protection Act, which provides tangible assistance for people in need, as well as going after uh, the traffickers. Uh, when it comes to HUD, uh, housing, and, and, and what the president was also t- talking about there is that not just with public policy, but the pro-life movement is filled to overflowing. There are almost 3,000 pregnancy care centers throughout the country. Uh, I work with a lot of them. I've, I've talked to the, you know, those individuals all the time. Some of the founders of those are most supportive, but many of them are not. Uh, but they're just inspired to help through the pregnancy, and then equally after the baby is born. And providing housing, like the president said, uh, or whatever it takes, uh, that's, you know, so again, it's a, it's a smear by the other side. Uh, unfortunately, it's said so often, uh, you know, a big lie that so often might be accepted by some people, but um, it doesn't hold up under scrutiny at all. Congressman, it's, uh, like we said, been 47 years and uh, a lot of heartache in that time. But uh, as you point out, some reasons for for optimism. Thank you very much for your time today. We appreciate it. Oh, I thank you so much for having me on. And there is real reason to be optimistic. Uh, I said uh, in in one speech earlier today about ultrasound alone. You know, when women see that baby, and maybe their husbands or boyfriends, whatever, but when they see that baby, it shatters the myth that somehow that child is not human and alive. Then it's a matter of they're already parents. You're not going to become a parent at birth. You are a parent. So, you know, the more we get a focus there, um, you know, so that the invisibility of the unborn child uh, no longer exists. Congressman, we'll have to leave it there. Thank you, sir, very much Thank for you. your time. It's greatly appreciated. Appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Thank you, sir. New Jersey Republican Congressman Chris Smith. I'm Greg Columbus reporting for Radio America. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.